Garage Logic, broadcasting live from the office of the mayor above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake. Featuring the rookie on production, Chris Reavers, vice president of social media, and John Hyde in the newsroom. Now, the fireworks commissioner, flashlight king, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Commencing Garage Logic segment number one. I see you. I can hear snow melting, so that makes me happy. You can hear it melting. Yeah. That's the mistake I made. Well, you no, you said water melting. Oh yeah. Snow you can hear melt or you can hear water running, which means melted snow. Hey brah. Yes, sir. What what printer did you send it to? Right out here. No. Just yep. a minute. Okay. Appreciate it. Try it again. Control P, yep. Okay, try it again. Control it. <clears throat> you know the power went out here at about 10 to 12. For what reason? I don't know. Uh, and then ever since then, I've been having computer problems. Oh. Maybe That's, that easy. challenges the technologically deficient when you have to. Yeah. You don't want to be thrown off your game. No. And I was for 20 right. minutes. And that's rough for me. Uh, I can uh, I can vouch for that. would be uh, difficult for you to get through. Joe. Name that country. Joe. Name that country. That's a new game we're going to play starting tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And you two morons have to do the work. Yeah, and anybody else listening, if no, you have a headline. No, 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 you two only. This just in, Starbucks to close all company-owned stores on the afternoon of May 29 for Racial Bias Education Day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wonder how much will be achieved. What will be learned on racial bias? That's the extent of the story from the uh, CNBC. Starbucks to close all company-owned stores. That's about 8,000, I believe, on May 29 to conduct a racial bias education program. Will that mean the country will go into some coffee withdrawal there for a while? I think so. No, it means Caribou is going to have record sales. Right. Hey, hey, give me... Uh, what they're going to do for an entire day in one sentence, uh, give me the common sense garage logic answer to all Starbucks employees that will probably get them back on track. Treat everyone the same. Oh, you just saved them hours. They don't have to go to the conference room. They don't have to waste time, money, and close down. I do think, and this is said without any specific knowledge of the Philadelphia incident, I do think Starbucks or any small business has every right in the world to say, look, you're going to hang out in our store. you got to buy some. Correct. And what we don't know is how aggressive was that manager? How aggressive were those? Well, you know why we don't know that? Why? Reporting isn't what it used to be? It's reporting isn't what it used to be. That's key. How did everybody handle 
uh, you know, you, you you can't use the restroom. And then did they go into shutdown mode, or was the manager overly aggressive? Well, we'll learn May 29th. I hope so. What day is that? Could you look ahead on the calendar and be fact-based? Sunday. That's a Sunday? Yeah, of course. No, you just looked at April, son. That's, I think oh. you just looked at April. What, you're looking at May? I want this year, too, uh, 2018. What what day is May? It? It's getting near Labor Day, isn't it? Or yeah, Memorial Tuesday. Day? It's a Tuesday? It looks like the day after <laughs> Labor Day. Memorial Day. Memorial Day is May 28th? Uh, it is. Last Monday in May. Uh, I've been alerted by Pete. I think Pete Pete Johnson. Isn't Pete the guy who left his truck running at the airport? <laughs> that I believe, rings a bell. I believe he is. I believe he is. <laughs> for, I love for, that story. for a month, I think he left it running. Right. He? When's that thing going to run out of yeah. fuel? <laughs> Well, uh, he's alerted me, and I've seen the story elsewhere. Do you know what is threatened by this unseasonably late spring? Tulips. Baseball. The governor's fishing. Oh, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And Green this is Lake. His, is this, this is his last, isn't it? Yes. The 71st annual Minnesota governor's fishing opener is only 28 days away, and local organizers say there is still 25 inches of ice on Green Lake. The site of this year's governor's oper, o- opener. Well, how long does it take to melt? May 12th. Wait, is that right? Yeah, May. What's 28 no, that... days from now? 28 days from now, it's the 17th, and we only go to 30. So there's 7, May 15th. 13 and 15 is 28. What? May 15th. 13 and 15, the days remaining in April. God, uh, this is from, I think, the Wilmer Tribune. They even got the date wrong, and they're hosting the damn thing. Whoops. Well, it's either May 12th or it's 28 days. In either event, the uh, organizers uh, around Green Lake are worried that they won't have ice out. Again, I asked the question, how fast does ice melt? I, I don't know. Our latest ice out on record was May 8, so we're keeping our fingers crossed and hoping for a quick warm-up, said Beth Fisher, executive director of the Wilmer Lakes Area Convention and Visitors Bureau. Uh, we have several beautiful lakes to choose from in the Wilmer Lakes area, so we'll make sure the governor gets out on the water. This has been a tradition since 1948. I wonder why they well, here, they, that here long. it's covered. The Minnesota governor's fishing opener will be May 10, 11, 12, 13 in the Wilmer Lakes area. And that includes the communities of Wilmer, Spicer, and New London. Hosts in the Wilmer Lakes area are digging out from the blizzard, as we all are, that dumped over a foot of snow throughout the region. Uh, in spite of the record cold, late ice out in the weekend blizzard, planning committee members have not lost their sense of humor. They're chuckling. According to the news release, they gathered Sunday on Green Lake and Spicer with ice augers, chainsaws, blow torches, blow torches, axes, shovels, and a sign that said, Come on, Spring, we got this. <laughs> no, you don't. Nah, Mother Nature's yeah. got this when yeah. she wants to. Yeah. Uh, folks from the Wilmer Lakes area really do know how to remove ice from a lake, organizers point out. In January, volunteers worked alongside the We Cut Ice Company of New London to harvest ice from Green Lake for the St. Paul Winter Carnival Ice Castle that was built to coincide with the Super Bowl. Uh, So that got me curious. So I went and got the, uh, and uh, 
Jan Holtz Kramer will let us know about White Bear. She keeps those records. But I looked up right. the Minnetonka records uh, beginning in 1855. Uh, in 1857, they had a May 5th, 5th ice out. 1859, May 4th. Uh, boy, they're just virtually all of them in in April. You have to go until 1965 was the most recent May ice out on Minnetonka. And that, of course, was a banner right. weather year. Mm-hmm. You had the horrible uh, tornado uh, that hit about, what, five days after May 1st? Mm-hmm. And then you had the spring flooding in the Mississippi and St. Croix. Well, way up, yeah. Mm-hmm. 1965, Minnetonka opened May 1st. Uh, looks like about the average would be about April 15th. 1975, April 28th. 1983, April 22nd. Uh, I love these sense wins. 1996, April 24. 2008, April 23. Hmm. As recently as, oh, I'm sorry, there was one more May. As recently as 2013, Minnetonka Ice Out was not declared until May 2nd. <sighs> So I would say Wilmer's all right. They got till the 13th, 12th yeah. or 13th. Yeah, the sun's going to work its magic, old Saul. Last year, March 27 on Lake Minnetonka. So some years are earlier, some years are later. Mm-hmm. But if you wanted to do the math, and I don't, yeah. you'd come up with a, a, an average date between, say, April 10th and 15th. But we've had your, uh, we've had your May ice outs. Yeah. <laughs> and again, as recently... As 2013, five years ago. I don't recall a, a particularly difficult... What was 83? Remember in 1983, we had the horrible uh, snowstorm yes. that we just beat the record? Mm-hmm. They had an April 22nd ice out in, in 1983, so there must have been a pretty good warm-up after that uh, blizzard hit the Twin Cities in April of 1983. Give me 88 and 91, please. Uh, 88 was the drought year. April 7th. Okay, and then 91 when we had the Halloween blizzard? April 8. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Not much to be learned from this. No. But How about... Um, there's, no, there's no need to play that game. No, no, no. Maybe. Joe? Yeah. Name that country. Name that country. What? It's going to snow or it's not. Yep. Mm-hmm. Ice or out. So I guess I'm, I'm here to reassure the people in Wilmer, if you had an ice out uh, in, uh, in 1983 following a, a big-time April storm, uh, you're probably in good shape for the governor's opener. Hey, he won't even know one way or the other. That's Just tell true. him to right. throw his line in. Watch he'll, your bobber, he'll, Gov. You'll be it. okay. You he'll, know what you're saying? You're going to be all right. You'll be all right. You Gov, be. sit in the back. Yep. Put, your, put that big collar life jacket on. <laughs> And, Coast Guard uh, approved. Pretend you got a line in the water. You'll be okay. Watch the bobber. Watch the bobber, Gov. We'll let you know if you get a hit. <laughs> May 29th, racial bias day. And you solved it in one sentence. Uh, you can't freak out because a couple of black guys come in. Just relax. Jesus, God in heaven. That ain't the way it works at the Krabby Coffee Shop. No. no. We tell you, I don't care who you are. You're not using it. 
You come in here, you're buying coffee. I don't care who you're waiting for or what you claim. You buy the coffee, then yep. you can sit here. Or out. Hey. Yeah, out, or take go, a hike. Go. White, black, blue, red, yellow, what do I care? Restroom. Bang, bang, boom. We don't have a restroom. What time is it? We hold it. Is it time to do the thing? Yeah. Uh, can you do it, please? Uh, I can do it, please. Right. Give me uh, one second here. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Suchere. Got to give you a little test. You know we don't like tests on this side of the glass. A couple of airplane stories. Southwest flight out of LaGuardia makes emergency landing in Philadelphia after engine explodes. Okay. That explosion resulted in a woman aboard the flight nearly sucked out of the plane after a piece of the engine broke off and shattered her window before the aircraft was forced to make an emergency landing in Philadelphia today. I did see that story. Todd Bauer, the father-in-law of a passenger aboard the 737-700 Boeing, told NBC10 in a phone interview that the woman was partially drawn out of the plane, but that she was pulled back in by other passengers. They went in, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Five crew members and 143 passengers were aboard the Dallas-bound flight when it touched down in Philly around 11.30 a.m., about an hour after it took off from LaGuardia. Authorities and medics were on the scene but have not yet disclosed what exactly caused the aircraft's engine trouble. Patrick Christopher Johnson tweeted an image from his seat showing what appears to be a hole where the engine should be. Wow. Uh, What is the correct garage logic response to this? It's come up before. What is the... uh, We have to wait for more... uh uh, information. No, to come in out? this in this tweeter, I hate to praise a tweeter, but he had the right response. What is the what is the what is the correct response to this? Obviously, uh, you you you. Oh oh. Uh, uh, despite having an engine blow up and blow out and and crack her window, these things are uh, are made well. These they're airplanes, amazing, aren't they? Yeah, they're 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 built. They're solid. And uh, the tweeter wrote, "I want to thank the crew." Uh, for a great job getting us to the ground safely after losing an engine. Uh, Marty Martinez, Martinez, who also said he was on the flight, live-streamed okay. the plane's dramatic landing on Facebook. Wow. Uh, someone on the plane had a heart attack, and it looks like an engine blew out, and then a window blown open, he wrote beneath the clip. I don't understand the heart attack part. We are still on the well, plane. Someone was probably under stress because yeah. of what was going on. We are still on the plane, and they are trying to re- tr- revive a woman on the plane. I hope she makes it. The grounded aircraft was removed to a remote area of the Philadelphia airport where passengers were waiting to be escorted from the plane, according to CBS Philadelphia. One person was taken to a hospital, but the extent of the injuries were not clear. Southwest Airlines, in a statement, said it was aware the flight had been diverted, noting that it was in the process of gathering more information. Whew. Okay, and now that woman might be terribly injured, mm-hmm. but she's alive, and all 143 people are alive in the crew. Pretty good. After a plane loses, it just blew the engine up. I have a prediction. Mm-hmm. 
based upon the news that's been taking place over the last 48 hours mm-hmm. regarding airlines and flights and mm-hmm. the 60 Minutes report that showed, uh, help me with the name of the airline, Rook. Yeah. Uh, we are going to have... I think it was Allegiant Air. We are going to have a reaction to all of this by probably government. Well... We're already getting a government reaction to the Sun Country situation. But well, deregulate. I mean, the government's been deregulating the airline industry for so long that might. I see you said that yeah. might force their hand. There's just and make too a much. Change. Yeah, there's just too much at one time that they they won't be able to not react. There'll be so much public outrage that they'll feel pressure to act. Second story from the tabloid Sun in the UK. Mm-hmm. Headline, your worst nightmare. Screaming Southwest Airlines passengers vomited and prepared to die and text their final goodbyes as planes struggled to land in fierce storm. Passengers on a flight to New Orleans were left vomiting through sheer terror as they feared they were about to die in a plane crash. Okay. Okay. Uh, not- the weather was so bad, the pilot of Southwest Airlines, another Southwest flight, Uh, The weather was so bad that the pilot of Southwest Airlines Flight 3461 had to abort his landing attempt Sunday uh, and divert to Panama City in Florida before the jet ran out of fuel. It was en route from uh, Fort Lauderdale and New Orleans. Okay. Passenger Sharon Bekundu said, you couldn't see anything, no visibility. Right as he was about to land, he pulled back up. Another, Lauren Bale, told WWL-TV, we came through the clouds and the plane was just tilting back and forth. Well, that's, that's what they do when yeah, the weather gets violent. Right. Uh, Ms. Lauren Bale, recounting her horrifying ordeal as the flight hit in the thick of a storm, she posted several updates on Twitter claiming it was the most terrifying experience of her life. The flight attendants were yelling over the speakers to fasten seatbelts as tightly as possible, and I was texting my family goodbye. I just don't understand why Southwest put everyone in that situation. Wrong response, lady. You you don't live in GL. This was all 100% preventable, but Southwest took a huge risk, and I honestly feel lucky to be alive. What risk did they take? Right. What, Do planes routinely not attempt to land because of bad weather? I think they try at almost all costs to land. That's that's where you're safest. Mm-hmm. Uh, flight 3461 from Fort Lauderdale to New Orleans arrived about four hours behind schedule after persistent thunderstorms over New Orleans forced prolonged holding, uh, holding, awaiting clearance from air traffic control, followed by a refueling stop in Panama City before the completion of the journey. The safety of our customers and employees, as well as the safe operation of every flight, is our highest priority. And they, again, uh, these amazing uh, aircraft uh, made it through uh, that violent turbulence. And, uh, and so they're they're rode pretty hard. And you're right; they respond by by maintaining their integrity. They, they're rode hard and put away. I just uh, I just dragged an Aussie liner over here. Uh, that's that's not what I wanted. MN. Commencing garage logic segment number three. 
Here's John Hyde in the Garage Logic Newsroom. Thank you, Joe. Sunny and 38 degrees. This update brought to you by MetaFast. Uh, game four of the Wild Jets playoff series tonight. It's a 7 o'clock start at the Excel Energy Center. Uh, Wild, uh, yeah, they could use a win. They are down two games to one in the best of seven NHL playoff series. Are you feeling the festivity, uh, the festiveness? I'd be having a hard time reading this club. Well, if they come out just like they did uh, the other night, uh, we got to win. We're two and two. I'm not on the team. Uh, two you're and a, two. You're a we. So, I'm a, you know, there's no... I, and wild. I, I think it'd be fun. Let them keep going. A nice long run would be great. There's no me in wild. Nope. There's an I. Mm-hmm. Twins in Puerto Rico. <laughs> they can't buy a break down there. I just looked on the radar. It's raining to beat hell. They, did you know they have a flood uh, advisory? Wow. In San Juan, which is where they're playing. Uh, they're supposed to play two game series against the Indians. Hopefully they'll get something in. Jake Odorizzi, if they play tonight, pitches for the Twins. Corey Kluber on the mound for Cleveland. I'm not seeing good infrastructure to get rid of all that water. It's 88 degrees, too. Yeah. What a shame. Right now. Well, they, they, do both clubs have an off day Thursday? Right, but they've got to travel no, to, to get San to San Juan to back to the U.S. That's uh, nothing. Traveling now, who, nothing. Well, these days, well, the twins, the twins just go to Tampa. Yeah, that's nothing. I don't know there. where Cleveland is. Hop goes. on a boat. Let's go. Hop <laughs> on a boat. <laughs> Forecast, uh, it is uh, raining, as we said, right now. And then for tonight, it's calling for isolated thunder showers, but a 60% chance of rain all day tomorrow. So. News notes from today. Governor Dayton has named State Representative Paul Thiessen to the Minnesota Supreme Court. The governor selected Thiessen, an attorney who's been a state rep since 2003, to fill an open seat on the state's top court. The post became vacant after President Trump appointed Judge David Strauss to the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals. Thiessen's appointment means the seven-member state high court will include five Dayton appointees. He's 51 years old. He's currently a senior counsel for the health law group at the Ballard Spar Law Firm. At a news conference with the governor, Deason said he would cast no more votes as a state representative and he plans to resign his seat on Friday. Dayton said he will not call a special election to replace Deason, meaning his southwest Minneapolis House seat will be vacant until after the November election. Former Governor Tim Pawlenty easily outdistancing other Republican candidates in money. When it comes to fundraising, he's raised more than a million dollars since forming his campaign committee in March. Lenny, who says he has not yet decided whether or not he'll pursue the GOP endorsement at the state convention, he could just head straight to the GOP primary in August. Jeff Johnson, who had been the GOP frontrunner until Pawlenty got in the race, announced he's raised $105,000 in the first quarter of the year. In her first full quarter of fundraising, Woodbury's GOP mayor, Mary Giuliani Stevens, raised fifty one grand in her bid. For governor, you know uh, the former gov was in studio last week, Joe, mm-hmm. with Mister Hauser. Mm-hmm. He's hilarious. Hauser? No, no, Hauser is a bore. No, Palenti. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm Wait. kidding. No, Palenti is very funny. Well, I did not realize. Right I now. didn't realize how. Uh, how but hilarious but he is. it doesn't come out though when he, when he's been in office, he's pretty straight laced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when you get him like off the, he's giving me crap the first ten seconds he sees me. Yeah. He, he's just uh, he's a really. Uh, Good. If he can give you the needle, he's okay. He's, he's a, a likable guy. guy. He's a guy. Yeah. He's a guy. Former FBI Director James Comey pushing back against President Trump's suggestion that he should be jailed, saying in a new interview that Trump's pronouncements on Twitter pose what he calls a great danger. He said, this is not some tin pot dictatorship where the leader of the country gets to say the people I don't like go to jail. In tweets Sunday and Monday, the president alleged without citing any evidence that Comey had committed many crimes and deserved to be jailed for leaking classified info and lying to Congress, allegations Comey denies. Uh, Meanwhile, Comey also getting it from the Hillary Clinton side. 
Longtime Hillary Clinton spokesperson Nick Merrill delivered an unsparing Twitter diatribe against Comey ahead of the release of his book, A Higher Loyalty. He blasted Comey for allegedly dancing around dozens of questions in Sunday's ABC interview by answering with maybe accusing him of hubris and again faulting him for the election of Trump. And Lanny Davis, a former special counsel to former President Bill Clinton, slammed Comey as a liar in an op-ed piece for The Hill. Families of two children slain in the Sandy Hook Elementary School massacre have filed lawsuits against radio host and conspiracy theorist Alex Jones for claiming the shooting did not happen. The defamation lawsuits were filed in Texas. It's the home state of Jones Media Company, InfoWars. Neil Heslin, the father of Jesse Lewis, and Leonard Posner and Veronica De La Rosa, the parents of Noah Posner, filed separate lawsuits seeking more than $1 million in damage. Jesse and Noah, among the 21st grade students gunned down inside the school in Connecticut in 2012, six educators also killed along with the gunman and his mother. The lawsuits filed late yesterday say that Jones's insistence that the shooting was staged led others to make death threats against the victims' families. Jones could not immediately be reached. For comment. I don't use any InfoWars uh, website material because I don't believe a word that that fruitcake says. Yeah. Harry Anderson, the actor best known for playing an off-the-wall judge working the night shift in a Manhattan courtroom. No, we lose him? Yeah, he was found dead in his North Carolina home Monday. The show was night court, of course. Uh, Anderson was <clears throat> 65 years old. The Asheville Police Department issued a statement stating officers responded to a call from Anderson's home early Monday and found him dead. Foul play is not suspected. On night court, Anderson played Judge Harry T. Stone, a young jurist who professed his love for singer Mel Torme, actress Jean Harlow, magic tricks, and a collection of Art Deco ties. That was a good show. I liked that. That was court. a fine show. He also starred in the series Dave's World and appeared on Cheers as conman Harry the Hat Giddies. It was one of the best episodes ever on Cheers. Do you remember when... Coach was scratching his nose and telling Co- uh, Sam, I'm scratching my nose because it itches, and that was supposed to be their code. <laughs> yeah. And so Coach blew everything out of the water. It was If you get a chance to go look at that, it's one of the best Cheers gonna, episodes ever. I'm going to hurry up. I'm going to make, make, make you watch yeah. that, dummy. Anderson learned the ropes as a street performer in San Francisco, New Orleans, and Austin, Texas, among other cities. Uh, he first, uh, quote, hit it big when he appeared on Saturday Night Live. Uh, Cheers was his first acting job, he said, but it was basically the character he had developed on the street. He said, I made my living hustling drinks in bars and quarters on the street. Uh, Night Court ran on NBC from 1984 until 1992. He received three lead comedy actor Emmy nominations for the role. Uh, After the show, he was cast in the CBS sitcom Dave's World, based on the life of Pulitzer Prize-winning humor columnist Dave Barry. That series ran for four years. A People magazine story in 2002 said Anderson disappeared from Hollywood and resurfaced as the owner of a New Orleans magic shop, didn't want to act anymore. The quote from Anderson was, I'm richer than Davy Crockett. I can settle back and do whatever I want. And what I want to do right now is just card tricks and magic, and that includes magic shows for corporate clients. What do you got, another opioid deal here, maybe? 20 grand a pop. Do we know why uh, he died? Oh, uh, we don't know. Well, yeah, 65, though. You, you know, you never know. Yeah. Hi, Harry. <laughs> Harry. Hey. Boy, boy. Here's the 10 bucks I'm going to in about five minutes, all right? <laughs> Norm gives him 10 bucks out of the blue just because he knows he's going <laughs> to. Oh, God, that show was great. <laughs> I, uh, Night Court, I was, I'm a big Mel Torme fan. I always have been. I don't know if you guys remember how big of a fan he was on that show, but he had Mel Torme on on one episode playing himself. It was brilliant. Was he? Was Mel in court? I'd have missed that. Uh, Mel was in court, yes. Oh, like a traffic <laughs> violation or something? Oh, it was great. Oh. <clears throat> 
Uh, fragments, uh, fragments of a meteorite that fell to Earth more than a decade ago provide compelling evidence of a lost planet that once roamed our solar system, according to a new study published today. Researchers from Switzerland, France, and Germany examined diamonds found inside the Almahata Sitta meteorite and concluded they were most likely formed by a protoplanet at least 4.55 billion years ago. That's a long time. Let's talk about light years again. That's not, so there were diamonds in this comet? Yes. Well, uh, fragments of the meteorite, yes. Uh-huh. The diamonds in the meteorite, which crashed in Sudan's Nubian Desert in October 2008, have tiny crystals inside them that would have required great pressure to form, according to one of the study's co-authors, Philippe Hillet. So it was comets in the sky with diamonds? It's no, Lucy in Lucy. the sky. Oh, okay. I knew I'd heard that before. Uh, yeah, something like that. Oh, look at the time. Look at I the think time. we got that. God almighty. <laughs> Here's Dave Dahl. Thank you, Joe. We're at 38 degrees, heading for a high today in the lower 40s. Beautiful sunshine out there. Uh, It's doing its thing. It's melting the snow in a hurry. Increasing clouds, though, tonight. Not as cold, down to 28. Northeast winds at a light 5. Tomorrow, periods of light snow, maybe up to an inch, especially in the southern parts of the metro. Some of the north metro may not see anything at all. 38 for the high tomorrow. A lot of the snow that's going to be falling is going to be melting on contact on those roadways. Decreasing clouds tomorrow night, down to 28. And then partly sunny, and here comes the real warm-up. 46 on Thursday. 48 on Friday. Still partly cloudy skies all the way through the weekend into early next week. 52 Saturday, 56 on Sunday, 62 on Monday. And then for Tuesday of next week, still 56, but there will be a chance of showers, and those clouds will hold the temperatures away from the 60s, the way it appears right now, uh, but still not bad. 56 for the high, even a week from today. Right now, Joe, we're at 38. Thank you. A frequent emailer, Tom Wilson, writes, I did the math. Average Minnetonka ice out based on 1855 to 2017 statistics is April 14th, at 4.04 a.m. Okay. I buy the April 14th. I don't know how you came up with 4.04 a.m. Right. Yeah. Uh, what's this one? No, i got to save that till Thursday. Uh, Jill writes, I'm a middle-aged white woman, and I was denied access to the White Bear Lake Starbucks bathroom a couple of years ago Ooh. because I wasn't a customer. I was a little miffed because I almost wet my pants. But I agreed it was their right and used a different store's restroom. Whew! Exclamation point. Yeah, run over to Conrad's or 617 Bar. Buy some chiclets. Yep. All I need to do is buy chiclets. This is like a get-out-of-jail-free pack of gum. Uh, The statistics of gun violence in Chicago are so horrific that uh, and so little attention is paid to it that it's down to a paragraph whenever you read about it. That's very unfortunate. A paragraph in a U.S. News Roundup in most papers. Today, the Star Tribune. Uh, one person was killed and at least eight others were wounded by gunfire in Chicago over the weekend. Bringing the number of people shot in the city this year to 611, according to data kept by the Chicago Tribune. That's substantially lower than the previous two years when gun violence hit record levels. At this time last year, the number was 901. In 2016, it was 946. Hmm. Where, where, are the, where are the youth? Where are the marchers? 
Where's Black Lives Matter? They're all killing each other. What, where's the outrage? Is it only, I think what it boils down to is that the Mysterians believe that that only white males should not own guns. White American males should not own guns. Everyone else, I guess, go ahead and shoot yourself. Or, or are they saying it's okay for black on black shootings? Well, it so, certainly is not acceptable. I would agree. Oh, then why aren't they? As Where's outraged? this kid, David Hogg? You know, he's an interesting story. He's got the he's got the Ferris Bueller thing going. He's rocking that Ferris Bueller deal. Mm-hmm. He's the he's kind of a sharp kid, and he's got the sharp clothes, and he's got the good hair, and he's he's uh, somebody's funding him to get out there and you know threaten conservative talk shows and what have you. Is he aware that 600 people have been shot in Chicago this year? This is only April 17th. January, February, three months, three and a half months. 600 people have been shot in Chicago. Why is that okay? Without any, why is that? Why does that avoid a national outrage? There should be. Uh, Where are the late night comedians? A, there's not even discussions. No. Where are the late night comedians? Why don't you people uh, zero in? We could. I'd have a lot more respect for Black Lives Matter matters if because here's a situation where Black lives are not mattering. Why aren't you there? Why aren't you there? It's like animal rights activists. You, you, you could set up a permanent tent, not even a, a temporary tent. You could. You don't even need a tent. You could set up a building. Oh, true. It's like Black Lives. Uh, it's like animal act, uh, rights activists, though. They, they're never going to show up at a biker bar where people wear leather. They're only going to attack, you know, 42-year-old prematurely gray-haired women leaving Macy's. Right. Because it has nothing to do with, okay, let me see if I can finish this analogy. I'm pretty well convinced that animal rights activism has nothing to do with animals. Right. Nothing. Is it true that the current anti-gun activist movement has nothing to do with guns? And has everything to do with depriving people of their constitutional rights so long as they're middle-aged white guys? <laughs> what what other possible explanation could be? The, the left, the political left, has failed these neighborhoods in Chicago. There are no black leaders to step forward. They have failed these young point. people in Chicago. And for how long have they failed them? They, they continue to fail them. Yet they still have the loyalty uh, of these uh, um, voters. The next time you see a Cubs game on TV and the Cubs are at home, just think that about five miles from there, kids are shooting each other. That's the crow flies, five, six, seven miles. Where are the the activist marchers? Where's young Mr. Hogg? I'm not ripping Hogg. If he wants to become active, that's fine with me. Why doesn't he show up in Chicago? There wasn't a peep about this screwball so-called artist who shot up YouTube because we we pretty much figured out that she didn't fit the narrative. She was female. She was an artist. She was uh, uh, of a different ethnicity. Uh, So she got blamed. It was a ray of hope. They didn't blame the gun on that one. No. They blamed her because YouTube stopped paying her. Well. I, yeah, would, there was zero I would stop discussion. paying her, too. She wasn't very talented. No. But here's 600 shot in, Calif- in Chicago this year. Uh, 
they've been failed by their mayors. They were they're being failed by their presidents. The the president one included. Remember when Trump threatened to say I could work with those gang members? Mm-hmm. Well, he hasn't done anything, and I thought that was worth a shot. <laughs> right. Not to use a right. horrible pun. Right. Uh, Obama never acknowledged it. Obama exact didn't exactly run back to Chicago to buy his non presidential home. <laughs> And to see his old buddy Rom. Yeah. Uh, the, the country's crying out for garage logicianship when it comes to black leadership, and I'm unaware of any. But we're going to boycott Laura Ingram, uh, who fortunately has only received a uh, ratings increase as a result of the attention that's been brought upon her right. by the uh, Parkland kids. The Parkland kids. You can't blame them. You don't want to get shot in school. I'm on your side. You don't want to get shot in school. Right. But uh, you've got problems that are bigger than the uh, the Parkland shooting, and that is this constant, constant environment of violence in Chicago. Constant. And I don't hear a peep. No, there's no, uh, there's no intention to break the chain. Other than once they're uh, wailing on the corner saying, my baby is gone, and then once... Everybody disperses. Nothing is done, even if it's black on black uh, uh, fighting or crime or or being shot, being killed. You take away the guns, it would be some other tool. London is plagued by knife violence. Oh, well, there's no. There's a decline in moral and ethical clarity, and in many 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 neighborhoods, white or black or whatever ethnicity, I don't care which. In many neighborhoods. These kids are not taught any moral or ethical clarity from childhood. They just don't have it. It's not part of their upbringing. Really sad. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, don't buy Wheaties or whatever because Laura Ingram might advertise them. I don't, I don't get it. festive tonight, bro. Are you? Yes. You go ahead and feel that. And if you're going down to the wild game tonight and you're looking for a new restaurant, Parlor Are you plugging somebody? Yeah, Parlor just opened on West 7th. It's the best Let burger buy in town. Time. What's the best burger in town? Did you ever did you ever have one? Uh yes, and I've paid for many a parlors. Right. You you will love that place. All right. 15, I think it's in the old Harley-Davidson building. 1500 ESPN is KSTP, St. Paul, Minneapolis.